You are listening to Sipping Off the Cuff on TequilaAficionado.com. This is Alex Perez, and I am with the, our executive editor, Mike Morales. Mike Morales in New Mexico, and yes, I am sir. in California. How are you, Mike? I'm doing good. We're trying to stay warm. Uh, when you when you folks are listening to this, we are in the middle of winter, and if for those of you people listening to us uh, back east or in the Midwest or in the South, yeah, we're all in the same boat. We're all well, except for people in Southern California, but we're all freezing. <laughs> we're trying to stay warm here in New Mexico. Um, nice we are today. a lot of folks don't know we're a mile high, and we have no atmosphere. So when it gets cold, it gets really cold. <laughs> Well, uh, on the menu today, yes, we have the the wonderful line um, Nobleza Tequila. Yes, and yes. This is uh, Paula Torres's. Uh, would you call it her brainchild? Maybe it's her. It's her brainchild. Uh, Paula Torres is the is the brand owner of Nobleza Azul Tequila. Now, this is a this tequila for those of you who who, who visited us at Spirits of Mexico uh, 2010 in San Diego in September of last year may remember this brand. It is a gold medal winner. I believe it's a gold medal winner for the for one of the varietals. Actually the Blanco and let's see here. I'm looking at my my makeshift POS material here. The Añejo is also a gold medal winner. And uh Paula, she's unusual in that uh, number one, of course she's a she's a female. She's she's a woman who owns her own tequila brand, but not only does she own the brand she is also uh, an agave grower. Her family grows the agave. This is an estate-grown uh, agave uh, and estate-bottled estate tequila. And she is one of those rare people who who grew up in uh, in both the United States and in and in Mexico. And uh, her sister actually uh, handles the. Uh, the agave growing and uh, um, the, the processing, the plantation uh, for the family, and uh, and she very much grew up with um, uh, with agave and in, in, you know agave is in her blood, and literally her idea of the marketing is is to is to market the the bottle and the brand itself. In fact, she says she told me. I speak with her at length very often, and, and she told me that the the bottle itself, the tequila itself, has its own business card. And and Alex, you might remember uh, there was a they had a big banner uh, in front of their their booth, their location at Spirits of Mexico, and it says uh, there's a new girl in town. And and there was a picture of 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 course the bottle, and the bottle is an unusual shape. It is her design. Uh, it is not uh, not something that you know that they they paid uh, big bucks to have uh, a, a company design for them. So every single aspect of this tequila has her hands on it, and and she's very. Uh, she has a very good idea as to how she wants it marketed, how it, how she wants it perceived. In my discussions with her, I've, I've told her, you know, uh, there are very, very few pictures of her because she really wants the, the tequila to stand out, to, you know, to stand on its own. But more and more, she's finding herself so popular because the tequila is doing so well that that she has uh, uh, been um, uh, more and more out front of the brand, which I'm very happy to see. And um, and and we have uh, all three varietals for us today. We have the Blanco, the Reposado, and the, the medal-winning Añejo. Um, and I'm kind of anxious to to give these a a, a sip. I, I don't know if you've had any. Have, did you have any at Spirits of Mexico while you were there? I, I did. I did, and uh, I did enjoy it. 
and um, and it's she's it's impressive. She comes from I guess it's five generations of uh, agave growers. Yes, and uh, yeah, they they are they're the real deal, uh, ladies and gentlemen. They are not. Uh, you know, they're, they're not a series of investors. Uh, they are very much a family business. For those of you who are, who are tequila nuts, uh, and, and geeks like myself, you might, uh, know that they, uh, their distillery is a, uh, Nom 1414, which is Feliciano Vivanco and Asociados. So, for those of you who do follow me and, and, or that particular, uh, Distillery, you know that I'm a big supporter of what what Alex and I call it the, the Mozart method, and what that is is this particular distillery has adopted the pro, the, the the practice of playing um, uh, Baroque music during the fermentation process of this tequila, and every tequila that comes out of that distillery um, follows that protocol, and and now. Noblesa is even even distinguishes dis, distinguishes itself from those other tequilas as good as they are because this, the Feliciano Vivanco family have like this cult following among tequila connoisseurs. Uh, anything that comes out of that particular distillery is heavily sought after, and there are several brands you may have heard of them before. Uh, there's Buscadores. Uh, there is uh, one that you it's almost unobtainable in the United States called Viva Mexico. That is so popular. Uh, there is, of course, Noblesa. Siembra Azul is another one of my yeah. favorites Chamu- from that distillery. Uh, Chamucos. Ch- Chamucos was formerly at that distillery. So if you find sure bottles of Chamucos uh, at, at, with the Nome 1414, those were the ones also uh, with Baroque uh, played in the background while it was fermenting. How about now, Excuse me? I think Muchote is uh, out of there, too. Muchote is another one, absolutely. Absolutely. They are all, all these tequilas are also kosher. Uh, they are blessed by priests as well. Uh, Yeo Tequila is another yep. one. Uh, we're, we're, uh, uh, Ryan, uh, Ryan Kelly, our, our associate and partner uh, at Tequila Aficionados, is uh, getting ready to post an article on uh, John Bullington and Yeo Tequila. Uh, so there are very, very many of these brands that are coming out of this distillery that are excellent. Now, the, what's different with Noblesa is that they're not, they're, they're playing a specific, uh, uh, a specific composer. Composer, okay. Yeah, they, she actually plays Vivaldi, and and she can tell you which movement. With I guess for those of you who are classical, uh, and I'm going to have to do a little bit more uh, uh, research on this myself because I'm not much of a of a classical person. But we are coming up with an article on on this Mozart method, and uh, there are certain in Vivaldi. Evidently, their their movements are called they they call them seasons, and so Paula. Uh, has, plays a, a particular season uh, while they're fermenting her tequila. And so it makes it, not only is it being done with that process, but it is also just a notch different from, from what everybody, everybody else is playing. And for those of you who have a bottle of Noblesa or have not seen it or have thought about picking it up, this little this little uh, tasting will give you a chance to, to, to see what we think and see what you think. Very good. That's very, very interesting. Well, the whole topic on, on 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 playing this music while they're fermenting is interesting. Yeah, we're we're heavily uh, self. Uh, uh, you know that I've been I've been heavily uh, well researching 
this this method and um and we're very close to to finishing up the uh, preliminary um article on i think it'll be the you know the, the playing music while it's fermenting is is a mystery to a lot of people and many people are not aware that there, there are distilleries who are doing that but there are two gentlemen two uh uh, chemical engineers who are responsible for that process, and literally, uh, they they are considered the fathers of modern day tequila. So it, it's going to be a really f- interesting article, very in depth, um, and it will explain what makes these tequilas a little bit different than what than some of the other ones that you're used to having. So uh, I've got my Riedel glass. Uh, by the way, uh, just so the folks know, we when we do our tastings, uh, Alex and I have not. Uh, we haven't compared any notes previously. Uh, we don't know what the other thinks uh, until we actually we're, we're even though these are these are uh, taped ahead of time. They, we are doing them live, and so we use uh, the special Rita Overture tequila glass for for these tastings. We don't use uh, rocks glasses or you know uh, plastic glasses, anything like that. We use the special the the official tequila glass uh, made manufactured by Riedel. and I'm. What do you think? We should start with the Blanco first and Let's go work, with the work our way up. Of course. Okay. All right. So we've got Let's one. pour some. Now, for those of you who have seen the bottle, it is an unusual shape. It is it is Paula Torres's personal design. The cork, uh, everything is glass, including the cork, and the cork is a uh, like an accordion, a uh, plastic accordion cork. Um, you may have to be careful with it because if you pull a little too hard, the uh, the, the glass cork comes off, and the rubber portion of it. Uh, is on on the neck, but that is a that is a, a situation that they are working with right now. So, the bartender gets a good bottle that they can handle with their hand. So, and they think she might have had that in mind. It's a it's easy to pour. Yes, easy yes, to handle, and it'll it'll fit easy on the shelf too. Yeah, and it looks very nice too. I mean, it, it's got a it, it's a bottle that looks like it's a wave. You know, there's a there's like a a wave to it if you at it. it, it and um, um. It's got a good hand feel, you know, to it also. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's uh, very conducive to your bar and and very elegant looking as well. All right. Well, I've got mine poured. What do you what do you find in the nose there? Well, it's got a crisp agave scent to it, like like all blancos. Yes, and and uh, again, I'm doing a, a little comparison myself with with whatever whatever I've had before from from uh, that distillery from the Vivanco Distillery. Uh, Gnome 1414, there is always a distinct, there's something distinct about the tequilas that come out of there. First of all, it pours nicely. It's got an, it, it pours beautifully. There's some nice bubbles that dissipate right away. Nice legs on this tequila too. Yes. Uh, it is very clear. It's not cloudy. It's, it's, uh, beautiful, bright. It's a, it's a bright color. It's a bright, bright silver. Yeah, it definitely has a, a nice clean nose to this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's got, um, I want to say it's, the agave really opens up in the glass here, at least in my sample. I noticed that it, it's, it, uh, it opens up right away. Yeah. It's really green. It's delicious. Very, very fresh. Yes. Now, it's not an overpowering tequila. Again, for those of you who are not familiar with the Vivanco distillery, it is a Highlands tequila. It is based in Arandas. And I believe, uh, Paula Torres' um, uh, estate where they grow the agave is, is even a smaller town than Arandas, if you can believe that. So it's definitely a, a Highlands tequila. Uh, it's not, 
I wouldn't say it was a typical Highlands tequila, though. Would you? No, you I, know, don't, typical, I don't think so. Typically, the, the some of the you know you, Highlands tequilas are, are usually flowery uh, with a good nose and 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 rather and sometimes very sweet. This one doesn't have that 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 sweetness to it, though. I, not that I can not that I can taste. Uh, it's really more more green than than sweet. Yes, it is more green. I get a little citrus in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not very flowery though. Just, just you know. But aside from the citrus, it's not. Um, it's not a. It's not a flowery kind of um, smell. It's, it's. It leans more towards citrus and more green. And, and its taste isn't as sweet though. Um, I'm surprised. It's really. It's. It's. It's just. It's just agave. You know. It's got a really nice soft mouthfeel to it, and it gives you a nice little numbness to the mouth. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it's not overpowering. The Blanco alone is very sippable, very sippable, um, almost to the point where I would, I would hesitate to mix it. Not, not that it's not mixable, but, but it's, it's so good on its own that I would, I would hate to, um, to mix it myself. And it's my own personal, just my own personal feeling about that. Well, I like to buy usually the less expensive tequilas for my margaritas. But I'd like to try these high-end ones um, with them, too, because uh, obviously the, the better quality product you use in, in a mixed drink, the, the better quality cocktail you're going to have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, but I, you want to make I sure that the cocktail shines, though. You know, you want to make sure that the tequila, you don't lose the tequila and the ingredients either. So, uh, And I know that Alex Alex is, is very much a student of mixology, so um, you're going to be very particular as to what tequilas you'll mix with your It all depends on how many people you're going to have coming over. Well, that's true too. <laughs> and whether they whether they appreciate the tequila or not. There right? you go. Okay, I get it. No, very very nice tequila. I um, what I like to do is I like to put it when I put it in my mouth, put it on the, on the tongue, let it roll off the tongue, mm-hmm. and you get the real nice mouth feel to it. After you've after you've swallowed, try to breathe in through your mouth. Let the cold air breathe in through your mouth. And get the full effect of of uh, all the flavors. <clears throat> yeah, it makes you cough a little bit. Yeah, a little bit if you're not careful, if you're yeah. not used to it. Yeah, and and you you can you can really tell the the distillation too. It's 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 very very good. It's a very good product. Now I haven't spoken to, haven't spoken uh, at length to, to Paula Torres, and and we, she will be a subject of an upcoming article on Tequila Aficionado. Apart from Noblesa, she has an interesting background, and uh, but I can tell you she also has some very Traditional views on on what tequila is and what she feels tequila should be. Uh, she feels very very strongly uh, about that the tequila is is uh, should be treated like a woman. Uh, she gives, like I said, it's she's given it her own its own personality. It has its own business card, which I think is an interesting concept. Uh, she is completely responsible for this brand. The, the brand is in her name. When we do the article uh, on her, she will explain to to our readers the the trials and tribulations of being a woman in a male dominated industry. Now, what's interesting to me is that there are more and more women uh, who are venturing into this uh, into tequila um, uh, as brand owners, as distillers. I know that uh, Alex, you've talked to a, a couple who are who are mistress distillers. I guess you could call them, or you know, master tequileros. And uh, one that I know of, who is an owner of a distillery, and and I and I've gotten wind of one other one that will be opening up very shortly uh, under another 
for another project that's coming up that we have the scoop on here at Tequila Aficionado that even Alex doesn't know about. But the women are really heavily getting into this industry, but it's not easy. And and there are certain things that this this uh, that Paula has gone through to get this tequila to market. And yet, when you meet her, when you talk with her, when when she's out there uh, grassroots, you know, just uh, hugging uh, what I call kissing babies and shaking hands, she uh, people are she really endears herself to the to the to the club owners. Uh, you know, she does her best to make sure that. Uh, uh, that, that everything is advantageous, not just to her, but also to her customers. So she is very much, very much an old style, uh, tequila owner. To, you know, very much like the, cut from the same cloth as, you know, the, the old Sousas, the Cuervos. You know, she's got that, that, that thing about her. But because she's, she's a female, of course, it's, it's much more pronounced and, and very proud of her. I, I, I can't say enough about this this product and, and how well it's done in such a short time. They've only been really on the market for six months, Alex. Uh, you know, uh, their debut was literally at Spirits of Mexico. And from then on, it's been, it's been one victory after another. Um, and so highly recommend the Blanco. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I, I don't know if I would want to mix it, uh, within a cocktail, but you know, again, I'm a purist, but you're the, you're the cocktail student. So, you know, you would, I guess you would you would experiment with this, wouldn't you? Of course I would. Uh, no, uh, kudos to uh, Paula Torres and her family. A beautiful tequila. Obviously, it starts from from the agave, and and they know exactly what they're doing. They got five generations of of, of experience doing this. So they well, you know, you know how I mentioned a little bit earlier that they do use the, the what I what we call the Mozart method. Uh, believe it or not, they they um, they take that one step further. They don't just play the music during the fermentation, but she's actually confessed to me that uh, herself or her sister or or some of the people that work for her that take care of the agave, they sing to the plants. They sing to the agave while it's growing. Uh, well, you know, uh, there have been studies done that if you talk to your plants, your your house plants at home, it, it or you play certain music, uh, or you or or you know treat it as if it were a living, breathing thing, which it really is. Uh, they they respond to that, and uh, she's confessed to me that that they they don't just play the music while it's distilling, uh, fermenting. They they play it. They 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 sing to it while it's in the fields. Like and, they, like the baby in the womb. Uh, exactly. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, what do you say? What do you say? We tried the the, uh, the reposado. Yes. Well, the blanco is. Uh, I highly recommend it. I can me even, too. I can even I, smell I, some some white pepper now coming out of there. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But that's what I couldn't place. I know it was, and I know I can always count on you to find it because there's always something that I can't. I can't. I, I know you've you've discovered herbs and spices that I have not been able to acquire yet. Um, we are students. Spices. Did I did I just make a joke there? I'm sorry. Um, well, let's pour. Let's pour the reposado. Now the reposado uh, is uh, it, it is rested. The reposado and the añejo are rested in in oak barrels, in whiskey barrels, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, and and she may uh, Paula may may tell me I'm wrong, but I believe that they are Jack, use Jack Daniel's barrels, um, and she's a traditionalist about that as well. Um, she you know she wanted to make sure that it wasn't any kind of fancy barrels. She wanted to to do it the way 
Well, I mean, the first, the, the first, uh, the first reposado ever, ever rested was, was Herraduras, and, and they used Jack Daniels barrels, and they kind of set the standard, and so I think that's, that's where she comes from when she, when she rests the, uh, the reposado and the añejo, she wants to make sure that they are used whiskey barrels. And, and this one's got a very light color to it, doesn't it? Yes, it does. It's not rested very long, and I'm not, um, I, I'm sorry I don't have my notes in front of me, but I'm not exactly sure how long it's rested. Probably, I would say less, uh, I would say less than anywhere from six to eight months. I, I, I don't quote me on that, but that's what it looks like to me, because it's a very light, light straw color almost. Yeah, it is. It's, it's very light. It's got an interesting nose to it. You gotta sometimes let it breathe just a little bit. Oh, you're right. They are using, uh, uh single-use bourbon, uh, American white oak barrels. And I, I believe from the information on the Reposado, it's up to 11 months. Okay. So you're, you're reading the information. Yeah, I'm, reading, I'm, reading your, your I'm glad one of us is reading. I don't have my glasses on. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad one of us is reading. Yeah, this is it, open. It, like I say, it. she's, she's very much a traditionalist. When it comes to to her tequilas, and yeah, so it's got a soft, it's got a soft, soft light color, light real light straw color, and I can smell a little yeah, bit, it's, a little vanilla. It's in there. not very heavy on the wood, though. You know, the wood does not take away the 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 agave flavor, which I, I believe that's exactly what they were going for. I can smell the vanilla in there. They claim that there's a little bit of cinnamon in there. I'm I'm trying to grab that. Who knows? Have you tasted yet? I'm still looking at the I'm still looking at the color. I'm really surprised at how light the color is. Yeah, and I, I know, you know, they, they, they wanted to compliment the tequila as opposed to mask it, which, which I'm really happy with. Yeah, you don't want to mask that Blanco. Or the no, other, that, Blanco's, the Blanco. that Blanco's a stellar Blanco. Well, it definitely has a, a nice vanilla, light vanilla aroma. Mm-hmm. It does. And, and the flavor as well, too. I, I get a little bit of cinnamon in there. It, I, I do. A little bit. And this is a little, uh, um, a little pepper in there. Well, you don't to lose finish. that. You know that that's a testament to not losing it from the blanco, right. evidently. Because this is a this is a now now see the interesting. I don't know why I feel this way, but I would I would mix the reposado in a cocktail, wouldn't you? Why not? Now, for some reason, the reposado is a little a little spicier to me than than the blanco. I didn't find the blanco to be as spicy. No, I didn't either. That's why I'm saying but, I think that the, I think the, the reposado would really lend itself to uh, to mixing. Is it in a cocktail, spicy because I think it would stand out. Is it spicy and peppery to you in the... In the uh, yeah, it's spicy to me. It's spicy to me. Yeah. Yeah, and I think if that's the cinnamon that I was tasting. You know, the cinnamon tends to be kind of hot. You know, you you bite into a cinnamon stick, it'll 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 turn hot on you at, if, after, a, after a certain length of time. It's another nice reposado. Mm-hmm. Now, see, I, I, I would. I would, um, I would experiment with this one, and I would mix it in a cocktail. And I don't ordinarily do that myself with reposados. I, I like, I, I like, you know, sipping reposados, but this one really, um, I, I don't know, I think in a margarita this one would really shine. And I'm not sure why I wouldn't do it with the Blanco. I, I just, I mean, well, again, I, I'm a purist. I love Blancos. I mean, the Blanco to me, and I, I'm sure Alex will agree, is, is a, an excellent indication as to what the rest of the wine is going to taste like. And, but you're right, there's a, and I think the spiciness may come from the barrel, don't you? Yes, I think so. But it's got a beautiful mouthfeel to it. I mean, my, my entire, my gums are numb, which is, which is unique in a reposado. In a reposado, yeah, because usually it's the Blanco that does that for you. Right. I like it. Mm-hmm. Do we give it a, mmm? Oh, yeah. We give it a long, mmm. <laughs> we give it a, mmm, mmm, mmm. You know, and I, I can see why this was an, an award winner. 
this is a, a very, really a, um, this is a delightful tequila. And, and now that, you know, it's interesting when, when I taste these alone, I have a certain opinion, but it's always interesting to share my opinions with somebody like yourself, Alex, who has a, you know, I, I would call your, your palate a much more trained one than mine because of your wine background and your mixology background. But, um, you, you help me pick out the certain things that I have maybe not have picked out the first couple of times that I've, that I've tasted, uh, a certain brand. You're much too modest. You know, uh, <laughs> no, I, I'm learning. I, I really am. I, I, you know, for those of us who, who, who do this for a living, or do this as a as a as a as a passion. You know, you're always learning. You you never you never really uh, finish. You can't really say you're an expert. You know, I always say I'm a student, and so I always pick up little nuances and things that I haven't been able to. I mean, it's happened. It's happened while we do on the sipping off the cuff, which is why we call it that because we really don't know what's gonna what's gonna happen. Um, you've helped me realize a couple of things that I just can't place. You know, so I'm really delighted with this with this ripple style. It's much more fun, really, to to taste this with somebody that you can share your opinions with, and and we do it literally uh, from one state to another. So um, when you folks are doing this at home, uh, I recommend you do it with 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 friends and family or somebody that you can share notes with because it really does help you pick out the nuances that maybe you've missed the first couple of times that you've tried it on your own or that you can't place. Yeah, definitely. Taste with a friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Taste with a friend. Sip with a friend. Ah, uh, now, how about the añejo? The añejo. Now, I'm, I'm looking at this. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm looking at the añejo and the reposado side by side. They're almost the same color, aren't they? Mm, almost. Almost. In fact, I'm surprised the añejo isn't a little darker. But yeah, you're right. You're right. I got them side by side, which uh, it might be might be difficult for the bartender to sometimes distinguish too. Well, the only way, that if you look at your packaging, the uh, the blanco has a blue ribbon uh, that goes across the top of the stopper. Right. The the reposado has a, a red ribbon, and the añejo has a gold ribbon. You're right. It, it, uh, your your mixologist may have to be very careful how to which one he reaches for. Because they're very, they're very close in, in, in color, the reposado and the añejo. And again, I, I, that's done on purpose, I'm sure, because Paula, you know, and the Torres family did not want to lose the, you know, they didn't want to mask the beauty of the agave and the blanco that they have. And so, you know, they, they don't want to, uh, they don't want the wood notes to overpower the, the blanco. They wanted to complement the blanco. And I think that's the reason for the, they're almost identical in color. Yeah, it's, it was a little darker, but it, uh, it, it does have a beautiful gold, light gold, uh, It's a, it's color. a gold color, yes. It's a little bit darker. Uh, once I have it in my glass, it, I, I guess it's deceiving when you look at it in the bottle, but when you look at it in your Rito glass, it is, it is a little bit darker. You can tell the difference. Now, this is um, in um, same bourbon oak barrels for um, up to three years. Wow, and it's and it's still not very dark. I yes. think that's a good thing. I smell more barrel on this one. It's a, the the, the oh, wood yeah. notes are much more pronounced than the añejo. In fact, I could smell the charred charred barrel. Got some vanilla in there, which you usually find. I can almost it almost smells like whiskey, mm-hmm. like a bourbon. Yeah, it, if you didn't know this was tequila, you you'd swear it was something else. Yeah, I was, I was just thinking of that. 
should blind taste a, a whiskey or a bourbon lover. See if well, I tell you what, if you're going to introduce a, a friend of yours, a whiskey or bourbon lover, to tequila, I, this would be an excellent entry point, I think, for for people like that. I, I you know, and 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 I don't give Alex enough credit. He was, for those of you who don't know our background, we've known each other for ten years, and and we've talked and shared information about tequila for ten years. And and Alex was the one that that told me one day. He says, you know. Uh, he says, uh, tequila drinkers, especially those who, who, who experiment from, from the whiskey, uh, for those who like whiskey and bourbons, they'll, they'll gravitate to the darker tequilas. And then once they have their fill of that, they'll experiment and they realize that there's more to it. There's the reposado. And, and eventually they become blanco drinkers. So, you know, in the course of their education uh, of uh, for tequila, coming from a, a whiskey or cognac or or bourbon background, people tend to gravitate to the darker tequilas first, and then they open up to the to the lighter and lighter tequilas until they realize that hey, there's a whole world out there of blancos. Um, and and with those of us who have who have been exposed to tequila almost all of our lives it's the other way around we I, for me i always look at the blancos first and then as i've gotten more experienced I, i've kind of gravitated to to taste more to be more open to reposados and be more open to añejos and extra añejos for that matter because that's a that's a whole nother animal um so you were the one that actually explained it to me there's a there's a certain natural progression uh when it comes to when, when it comes from the from the people from whiskey backgrounds into tequila, when they start experimenting with other spirits, yeah, that that seems to be the the tendency because uh, obviously if you've got a hardcore uh, bourbon whiskey drinker, they're going to say tequila, but if you if you do, if you pour them a, a, a you know a glass of añejo or extra añejo and tell them to taste it without telling them it's tequila, they say, wow, what is that? They they'll never believe it's tequila. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, noblesa. Añejo would be one of those tequilas. A friend of mine, uh, well, we should just mention him while we're at it, uh, uh, Jason uh, Lerner from, from Depot Nuevo in, in, in the Chicago area in Illinois. Hey, Jason. Jason! We're a little shout-out to Jason. He uh, he calls these tequilas gateway tequilas. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, there, there are certain there are certain there's certain nomenclature that, that uh, the industry adopts, and he calls certain tequilas gateways uh, for people who, who are ex- beginning to experiment, you know, from, from vodka drinkers who are experimenting with tequila, uh, bourbon drinkers, whiskey drinkers, and, and so I, I would call this a gateway tequila. This would, this would be a gateway tequila. Your añejo for noblesa, to, uh, would be a great gateway tequila for anybody who is, uh, who's a whiskey or bourbon drinker and looking for something more. Most definitely, um, I agree. I, yeah, this is this is definitely something you, you know, if you have a friend of yours who's a who's a dyed in the wool whiskey drinker, and and you say, hey, I, let me turn you on to some great tequila. This would be the one that that I would use. Um, one of one of a few, but definitely this is a gateway tequila. Now you know the beauty of of tequila, and I know you I know you do this all the time, Mike. I've learned this from you. You let it sit in the glass, mm-hmm. and it continues to evolve. And this añejo continues to evolve. Have yeah, the it has really and, and Paula Torres will Paula Torres will tell you the same thing. She will agree with you, Alex, that you know that that tequila is really should be treated like a woman. Uh, you know, it, it's temperamental. Uh, in fact, you and I do the same thing very much. We we treat our tequilas like wine. We open it up. 
both of us, many of us in the business, we get, we have uh, spirits, tequilas that are delivered to us during the day. We don't open them right away. Uh, we let them sit because we understand that it's been agitated depending on the weather, extreme cold like it is now in the wintertime, or extreme heat like it is in the summertime. You know, uh, these tequila particularly is very temperamental. Uh, and so Paula will say it's temperamental like a woman. You have to treat her like a woman. So you you let it sit for a little while. Then you pour it in your Riedel glass and you let it open and and you stir it around, you know, let it sit there for half an hour. That's what I do. I, I open it, put it in my Riedel glass, and I walk away. I do I go off and do something else and and then come back to it. And and give it, you know, a couple of spins, a couple of stirs. Uh and 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 it does. This one I think the more it sits here, it gets. Does it get sweeter to you? It is a little sweeter. I think it's it's that vanilla is just is just popping out of there. Yeah, this is a for for now again for those of you who who uh, those of you with the female persuasion, those of you who are women who are listening to us, this is an excellent tequila for your palate. Also, uh, if you're looking for uh, a tequila that you can you can be you can be comfortable in, in, in sipping straight or mixing it with a margarita or, or in a cocktail. Uh, but this particular añejo is a really good sipping añejo for, for uh, and I wouldn't even say for the female palate, but I think the female palate would very much appreciate uh, what's going on with this añejo. You know, uh, an after-dinner añejo. Even, this añejo is even light enough to have before dinner, frankly. Uh, I mean, this is this is not your heavy añejo that you have as a uh, as a di- digestive. Um, y- you know, you can really literally have it. Am I going to have to cut? Am I going to have to cut you off already, Mike? You have to cut me off. <laughs> no, actually, my French is really bad. <laughs> but uh, um, you know, some some añejos are are great after dinner. You well, know, so, I, yeah, well, some añejos are are very heavy. They're very heavy. This, this añejo is not heavy, though. This, no. is, this añejo would be really good even before dinner, for that matter. No, it, it's a beautiful añejo. Very, very enjoyable. The, she did, you know, they, the Noblesse uh, folks, uh, Paula Torres and the family, have done a, a wonderful job with this tequila. I mean, I can see where it, where it really won a lot of hearts over uh, at Spirits of Mexico in 2010. Very, very impressed with it. Um, the wood notes on on the añejo do not take away from the blanco, no. which I think was purposely done. They're just just right. Yeah, it's just it's right. just right. Uh, they couldn't have picked a better distillery. Uh, as I said before, we'll have a full uh, article on noblesa and and the trials and tribulations of a of a female brand owner and and a gada grower very soon on tequilaaficionado.com. But in the meantime, if you see Noblesse Tequila, or if you happen to be anywhere in Southern California, Las Vegas, uh, Illinois, they're in, they're in just a few states. Uh, we're hoping to get them here in New Mexico. Uh, do yourself a favor. Pick up a, pick up any one of the varietals. Um, you don't necessarily, it, I, I think Alex would agree, you don't necessarily have to stick to the Blanco to get a good idea as to what the rest of the line is going to look like or taste like. Um, I think they've done an excellent job in keeping the character of the Blanco intact where it comes to the, to the Reposado and the Anejos as well. So, Most definitely. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think they're, they're only available in a, in a few states. I think they're in California. Um, Chicago, Nevada. Yeah, in Nevada. Uh, they just they just got into Nevada, as a matter of fact. 
So, uh, and they've only been really, uh, uh, known, uh, since, you know, since September of last year. I mean, literally just under six months. So they're very new, but they are, uh, a definite must have for your tequila library as far as, as far as I'm concerned. I know Alex agrees with me. Most definitely. Um, this, this is a fine, fine tequila. Yeah, pick it up. Um, here in uh, California, you've got, um, Old Town Liquor that's carrying it. Mm-hmm. In the L.A. area, you've got High Time Wine Cellars. Actually, that's Costa Mesa, which is Orange County. Mm-hmm. Um, quite a few places. If you go up to their website, noblesatequila.com, you can find out where to find where to buy it, where to find it. And uh, if you if you keep an eye on Tequila Aficionado in the next uh, few weeks, uh, we will uh, announce. Or if you're hooked if you're hooked up with us on Facebook and or Twitter. Uh, you will be able to announce to you when the article for Noblesse Tequila and Paula Torres and the Torres family will be out so that you'll get a little bit more in-depth information on, on them and her and, uh, and this, this really, this excellent brand of promise. There's a, there's a lot of promise in this brand. Pick it up. Uh, you're not gonna, be, it, you won't be sorry. You pick it up, take it to a party. It's, it's a crowd pleaser. Yeah, this, you, is a, you, this is a really wonderful tequila. You will not be disappointed. Well, thank you, Mike. This has been uh, Alex Perez and uh, Mike Morales uh, with Sipping Off the Cuff on Tequila Aficionado. We've been reviewing um, Noblesa Azul Tequila, and uh, it's been an excellent ride today. We highly, re- highly recommend it. Thank you, Paula. You're doing a great job. Paula, great tequila. Keep doing what you're doing. And as always, sip wisely.